Yeah, it's, I mean, I kind of have the same thought process, you know, obviously having a, a four-month-old, I'm still kind of getting my bearings on how, <laughs> yeah. you, how you do this thing. You're um, like, Brittany, she hasn't come to me in prayer yet. I'm kind of <laughs> yeah. worried, you know, four months, you know, she should She's be already talking to yeah. though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome back to um, episode eight of The Greeting Call. Um, This is season four, as we are talking about our purpose. Again, we want to highlight that um, all of this, in in all of our subcategories of this podcast series, um, we want to go back to our purpose as believers in Christ is to first follow Him, and then second, to go and make disciples among many nations. And so... Um, I'm Jack Denny here with Ryan Chat, co-host, and then we've got another co-host here, Kyle Westbrook. Nice. You see what I did there? Moving up every yeah. episode. You were co-co-host. Yeah. Now you're co-host. Wow. Actually, I'll make you sub-co-host. Okay. I don't want Ryan to That's true. send me an email or yeah. something later. So, <laughs> even though I, I revoked his email privileges. There is an or- so. organizational chart. Yeah. Or I'm somewhere on there. <laughs> I think you're on uh, the injured reserve. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Anyway, um, so last week um, or a couple weeks ago on uh, episode seven, we talked about our purpose as husbands. Um, tonight, we'll talk about purpose as parents. Ryan has a newborn, and mm-hmm. Kyle, you've got a few offspring. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, just want you guys to. Share your advice um, from a parent's point of view this week. Um, so, yeah, tonight we'll talk about your purpose as parents. And I'll kick us off in a word of prayer, and then we'll get started. So, dear Heavenly Father, we come before you today. We thank you and we praise you as the author and perfecter of our faith. Uh, I thank you for Ryan. I thank you for Kyle and just all the hands that um, play a role into this podcast. Um, I thank you for the listeners, and I pray that the words that we speak and that um, the things that that come to our minds are only from you. Um, Please allow us to just share what you want us to share, and uh, let us be a vessel for your word. And we thank you, and we praise you, and uh, it's in the name of Jesus Christ that we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so... What does the Bible say about your role as parents? Parents? Well, to, to train your children to to know and love God, long story short. Um, I think, you know, we were looking at verses where we, we receive guidance on how we're supposed to bring up our, our children into the world. But the way my brain went was... Um, Matthew 6.34 was, you know, do not worry about tomorrow, um, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And I know people are like, what? Like, that doesn't really talk about, you know, raising a child in the Christ-like nature, but children will emulate their parents. And if I'm so consumed with my own, you know, faults and troubles and I don't put enough time to pay attention to them, I'm doing nothing for them. Um, one thing I've really tried to, I have a friend, um, who just told me he has stage four cancer and he, um, he says, 
it's funny how when my, before this, when my son asked me to play army men with him, I had so much other things going on. But now when this stuff kind of happens, um, it, it definitely changes your priorities and your outlook. Um, so, you know, long story short for me, um, to, to, to bring them up to know and love God, I need to, to give them the attention they need and deserve and mm. guide them. They won't listen to me and they won't be guided by me if I'm not showing them any attention. That's just the way children are. So, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, we'll probably talk a lot about this, the, the boot camp that we do every year, you know, um, it's really powerful, um, really kind of shifts your perspective on fatherhood, not only your relationship with Christ, but your relationship with your father and your relationship with your kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there, there's a lot of verses that you can, you know, pull out of the Bible that say, you know, train your child in the way they should go and all, all these different things. Um, but like Kyle, you know, has mentioned before, like love is above all else. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you have to not, not only it's really easy to say that you love your children. Um, but it's, it's a different ball game when your children are able to say, yeah, my dad loves me mm-hmm. and I know it without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. Um, and if you don't, as a father, if you don't love your kids and, and show them that love and tell them that you love them. Cause there's a lot of fathers that, that don't say it, you know, like mm-hmm. there, there's a lot of grown men with grown fathers who will tell you, I can, you know, count on both hands how many times my dad's really told me like, Hey, I love you and I'm proud of you. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it, it, it really, it opens the door for, your kids to respect and really take hold of what it is that you teach them about the gospel, Mm -hmm. about your relationship with Christ and about how important it is. Um, Because they're only going to take that information from someone that they know truly loves them. Right. Um, So I think it's not, um, it's very much about what you teach your kids and what you teach your kids about the gospel, but it's also very much about how you present that to them and what else you're doing in your life to show them that they should value your opinion. Amen. You know? Yeah. Like, how are you, how are you following Christ? Mm -hmm. And your kids see that. I think one of the things for me that um, in writing this, you know, outline <clears throat> I thought about, um, and I may be kind of jumping the gun here, but I thought about um, just how, in regards to church, my I got drugged to church kind of as a kid. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it made me think that, you know, why do I have to do this? You know, why are my parents making me go here to, like, hear, you know, a good message mm-hmm. and then turn around and, like, they're they're not receptive to it? And, you know, I, I don't want to call my parents out like that, but um, I know my dad listens to this some, but I, I think that um, for a long time, and I don't blame him, but like, I think for a long time, a lot of people get brought up going, getting drugged to church. And as a kid, like you see that and you're like, well, my parents just like, why, why should I want to grow up and do this? And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it doesn't make sense, mm-hmm. but I think a lot can be said about, you know, 
when you're trying to teach your kids a lesson or when you're trying to, um, you know, discipline them and they say, well, you're not being obedient, dad. Like, why are you Mm -hmm. now, you know, telling me not to swear and me not to do this? I hear you doing it to mom. Yeah. You know, that, that's just one of the huge things I see today is like everybody's mouths are just all over the place. There's Mm -hmm. no filter on anything. Yeah. And it's because kids learn it from their parents and then they learn it from their friends and then their parents get mad at them. It's like, well, why are you getting mad at me for cussing? That's right. You're you're, you're cussing. Well, the the worst thing I see too, like when, when it comes to, to parenthood is the, the light that's taken with things that kids do. Um, for example, we'll use cursing cause it's a really easy one, you know, like, oh, like you'll joke around with your friends and be like, oh yeah, like my, you know, my kid stubbed his toe the other day and all of a sudden out of his mouth comes right. whatever. Yeah. And like, you're just joking and laughing about it. Like it's like, it's all fun and games. Um, it's not even on this same question or topic, but like it, that thought just came to my mind of like. As parents in today's generation, like you just take light so many things as mm-hmm. if it's like it's just funny, yeah. you know, yeah. and it's it's more serious than that. Yeah. You know, yeah. like what type of seeds have been planted in that child to cause him to say this or do this? Yeah, um, and I don't want us to get so focused on like the legalistic side. I know yeah. we're using cussing, but like we don't want it to come across it like it's like, oh, you know, no saying bad words and this and that. Like you got to yeah. follow this script, but like there's a, a root to it all. Oh, yeah. And bad words, cuss words are cuss words for a reason. You yeah. know, it, it's cursing God. And I think we've been in James where it talks about, you know, with the same tongue comes praising God and comes cursing his name. How can this be so? And even the fact that like, like we all still acknowledge there's cuss words. Yeah. So like, what's the root of those words? Are those words necessary? Mm-hmm. You know, they, they're not, they're, they're cuss words for a reason. So yeah. like same with actions in your kids, mm-hmm. you know, if, if you have a tendency to go out to the bar and drink and do this and that, and your kids see that, mm-hmm. well, they're going to grow up and they're going to, you know, emulate that as well. They're going to say, well, dad, like, and mom like to have a good time. Why are they yelling at me when I go out and have a good time? Yeah. And then the parents are left there going, what happened to my kids? Yeah. And it all yeah. goes back to, you know, you have to first follow Christ and mimic him mm-hmm. and they're going to naturally do the same thing. And I don't want it to sound like they're going to grow up and be perfect, but like those seeds will be planted where your kids will always know like, okay, well, when I was growing up, my dad did this and my dad loved my, my mom. Mm-hmm. And, you know, these things, you know, it, it, it gives them something to always come back to and say, yeah. Yeah. I saw a perfect example of love in my parents. Yeah. And um, there's there's a quote that I heard one time that said, um, what becomes optional for one generation becomes unnecessary for the next. Um, and I've always kind of taken that thought when it comes to like church and your relationship with Christ is, you know, when you portray to your children that being at church on Sunday is optional. Mm. You know, when you portray to your kids that having prayer time is optional. When you portray to your kids that, you know, that whether you should or shouldn't cuss or any anything to do with your relationship with Christ, with Christ, that any of that is optional. Mm. Well, in their mind, now it's like, okay, well, it's not really necessary. Yeah. And so that kind of opens the door for your children's life later on to 
kind of, you know, I'm not saying you shouldn't allow your kids to pick and choose, but you know, it, it allows open doors for them to say, okay, well, I don't really need this. Yeah. So I'm going to toss that to the side. I don't really need church. Yeah, you know, right. I, I know God, you know, and so they throw that to the side. Um, and that, that's a quote that always has kind of stuck with me. And the perspective is different too. Like if, if you truly do enjoy those things, you know, I saw where like my parents didn't enjoy going to church. Mm-hmm. So it's like, don't just check the boxes and do these things because, you know, you're trying to be a good example for your kids. Like they see you on the backside, stressing, getting ready for church, acting like you don't want to go, you know, that they hear the discussion of, you know, well, we, let's just home church this week and do this. Like, and that's where it comes mm-hmm. out to your point, right? It's like, they see the optional side of it. They don't see like, okay, we're doing these things and, and we're constantly walking with Christ because, like we love that mm-hmm. versus like we're just doing it to do it. We're just yep. on the merry-go-round of Christianity, and you know I think that's where it becomes hard as kids. Like you, you just see that in your parents. Mm-hmm. Kids are so aware yeah. of everything that goes on under your roof. Whether you and your, I know we talked about in the last episode the role as husbands, and whether you and your wife are arguing, my just turned five year old notices that. Um, and you know, Ryan brought up some good points about right now, my, I can't speak for the teenage years. We'll pray about that. But right now I have a just turned five and my daughter turns two tomorrow. And they're in this, this phase of being impressionable very easily. So you have to make sure that you're constantly aware that you're being watched at all times. They are listening to everything you're saying. They hear when you raise your voice in frustration. They hear when, you know, they see when you show grace. They see when you show love. So our role as parents is to constantly be evaluating ourselves to make sure that we're showing our best light to our kids. Mm. Um, whether it's through discipline, guidance, you want just the way that we run to the father when something's going wrong. We want to be that same resource for our kids. So it's a great way to put it. Yeah. And going to that father son relationship, um, and just like our relationship to God, the father, how do you guys, practically try to mimic that in your own kids. I mean, I know it's kind of tough for you, Ryan, with Winnie being how how many months old? She is four months old. Four months old. So (laughs) like she she doesn't really understand or perceive things yet. But maybe Kyle, like how how do you try to mimic the father's love? I mean, I I think when I when I was kind of in my own space thinking about this, I know that Jesus would kind of take alone time to spend with just the father mm-hmm. in prayer. And he, he would, you know, God would revive Jesus to give him kind of that, that umph to go back out to the crowds and do all. So I, for me and my father is kind of the same way. I want to be that, that gentle stream or that peaceful place mm-hmm. that they can go to or to revive themselves and get that, you know, maybe their spirits running weak or they need some advice or guidance. I want to be that resource for them. Um, and I know it'll be tough. And I know there's that, that old saying that goes, I'm not really here to be your friend. I'm here to be your father. Mm. Um, so it'll be a fine line, but I do want to have that relationship where they can come to me for anything. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and you know, what they're going to hear from me is probably going to be from the Bible, you know, and I'll always try to relate it to that because that's for eternity. But being that 
safe space that they can go to, um, to not feel judged, to not feel like I'm going to throw them under the bus or anything like that. Just be an easy place they can come to, to get some relief or peace. So, yeah, it's, I mean, I kind of have the same thought process, you know, obviously having a, a four month old, I'm still kind of getting my bearings on how, <laughs> yeah. you, how you do this thing. You're um, like, Brittany, she hasn't come to me in prayer yet. I'm kind of kind of <laughs> yeah. worried, you know, four months, you know, she should She's be already talking. Speaking in yeah. Tongues, though. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, but you know, like when, when I think about my future relationship with my kids, it's, it's kind of the same thing. You know, you don't, you, you, you don't want to try so hard from such a young age um, to, to be that backbone and discipline and all these things to where your kids aren't comfortable coming to you mm-hmm. with problems. You know, um, I, I think a lot of times, you know, just from, from seeing the experiences of a lot of young men growing up is that wasn't really a safe space for them. Like Kyle, the word Kyle used, you know, it, it, they're, they're scared, you know, because mm-hmm. they're scared of the, the consequences that are com- going to come from it, mm-hmm. um, rather than it being a place where they can go to and say, Hey, like I screwed up, yeah. like, how can I fix this? How can I learn from this? Mm-hmm. Um, and your kids are going to go somewhere for that validation and information. Mm-hmm. Um, who better for it to be you rather than their friends or, or someone else that they know. Yeah. Um, so I think it's important to, you know, to, to really plan your relation. I won't, I won't say plan. I don't, I don't know what right word to use, but to, to really be careful with the way that you, um, you raise your kids in a way that yes, they understand that you're the parent and that you are, you know, you are there to, to, guide them and protect them um but also someone that they can come to right. um when they have those issues you know it's it's kind of a fine difficult line to find yeah you know? and and i'm not like a trained clinical father or anything but one of the things that i've been doing with my five-year-old is sometimes i do raise my voice um it happens with boys um, i'm scared of my daughter so i don't know if i'll do that yet um but when I realize that I raise my voice, it doesn't really solve anything by just yelling at them. Mm-hmm. So what I've tried to do is if I do yell at him and he gets upset, and maybe after 10 minutes I'll go say, hey, buddy, do you know what you did wrong? Do you know why daddy got upset? In a very soft-spoken voice and try to have – I mean, even though they're only five, they're younger, or maybe when they're older this will work too, but have that further conversation to – Talk about what they did. Talk about why it was wrong and say, you're not going to do that again. And and sometimes I'll apologize mm-hmm. and, and we're all good. We move on. So I get it. You know, sometimes you have to drop the hammer, but you know, if, if you look at yourself and you say, ah, I might've went a little bit overboard there, there's nothing wrong. And I do this all the time. And I know my wife does as well as we'll go back and say, buddy, you know, this is why this is, blah, 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 yeah. you know, and, and make it a learning moment rather than just, uh, you know, trying to get our point across. Right. I think you that's know. the biggest thing is the why. Yeah. Like making sure they understand the why. That's yeah. right. You know, making sure they understand that like dad's not telling you this because dad is just – 
strict. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, dad's telling you this because he knows that this causes this and this causes this. Yeah. And he's trying to keep me from these bad things in my life and really making them understand why you say what you say, do what you do. Yeah. You know, I think that's an, an important part. Yeah. And then on the, the flip side, you know, I think as teenagers or when you have teenagers, um, you know, trainer or Bible study leader was telling us a story of <clears throat> when he was 16 years old and he um, got mad one day, he came home from school or something and got in an argument and, you know, punched a hole through the sheetrock in their house. And um, his dad got home and obviously like trainer knew he was in the wrong. Well, his dad um, you know, took him out for dinner one night, bought him a steak and explained God's grace to him mm-hmm. over a steak dinner. Yeah. And then afterwards he made him go back and you know, fix the sheetrock, I believe, and like learn how to do all that. But it, it is like a, a beautiful picture of how you can use the love of God and, and explain his grace through your practical you know, instances with your children. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought that was so neat. It was like he he didn't punish them, one. He just took them out, bought them a nice steak dinner, mm-hmm. you know, in place of the punishment. And, and that does explain the grace yeah. of God, you know, mm-hmm. not choosing to. One of the things my wife out. is like super good at is saying, do you think that would make God happy? Mm-hmm. Like re- kind of reinforcing that what, you know, what we discuss, why we pray, who God is, you know, when it comes, you know, if he says a lie, buddy, if you're lying right now, that's not going to make God happy, you know? So making him understand who God is, you know, if it's wrong, God doesn't appreciate it. God doesn't like it. Like God likes what's good, um, is, is it's been working pretty well, Hmm. you know, like, trying to you know when they're young you have to separate that stage of like okay i'm doing this because i think it's funny rather than like nobody once you get older that could cause some real problems for you and you know um i've kind of heard like oh they'll grow out of it they'll get over it but for me it's like i i want to nip it in the bud no matter what age they are because if they don't find the discipline valuable at five, they're not going to find the, the discipline valuable and the teaching moment valuable at 15. Um, so I, I, you know, we kind of always circle back to, you know, our belief in, you know, what's wrong, what's right, according to the Bible and those kind of things to try to teach him, you know, obviously him being so young, it might not have the same effect as it will when he's 10 or 12 or 15, but, mm-hmm. um, trying to, slowly but surely teach him up in the ways so yeah and i feel like that can be tricky too a, yeah a tricky question yeah you know putting the I don't, I don't know if it's pressure but putting it back on the kids saying does that make would that make god happy yeah you know like, that could be pretty heavy on him but that's an interesting like yeah he well he's way the kind to of like see it past you know okay this isn't just like my parents and their discipline yeah i don't know he's the kind of kid that um he's real hard-headed like me um very 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 intelligent for his age and 
you know, obviously the preschool he he goes to, they talk about, you know, Jesus and God and talk about, you know, the story of David and all that good stuff. Um, And we want him to know the difference between right and wrong, not of the world, but of the Bible. Yeah. So, you know, lying is kind of one of the, I mean, he he hasn't said too many cuss words yet, but (laughs) the the, and we, I never, I think my wife has heard me curse one time in six years, but the, um, we'll get a fact check on that. You can, after she listens to that's the one thing that I'll put on tape, um, is, you know, just not holding him to a standard of the world, but Mm. holding him to a standard of, yeah. Yeah. The Heavenly Father, yeah. I think, is what the point I was trying to make. Yeah, no. Yeah. I like that. I just, I never heard it. It was never, like, discipline was never put to me that way. Yeah. Yeah, it was always based on, like, my earthly parents, and that was, like, the standard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's interesting to think, like, that way. Yeah, and it's yeah. it it's, seems to be doing, because, like, he's just went to his first vacation Bible school. Right. He's going to Christian preschool, so now he's seeing the importance of, of God and, yeah. and all the good things and His love. And when we pray every well, night, that's ultimately like our our conviction. Mm-hmm. Like when we are able to comprehend surrendering fully to Jesus Christ, yeah. it's like that's kind of that in, in place of the Holy Spirit's conviction. You know, it's a good thing. Like that's you're wanting Him to see that out yeah. of like for the goodness of His own self. That's right. Um, just at that age, it's really like probably very few. I don't even know if a five year old can really comprehend, probably you not. know, yeah, what mm-hmm. it means to surrender to Christ. No, um, but yeah, I think it's just pushing the value of God's importance, yeah, in our lives and, um, the way we want Him to believe and grow up. Right. And I don't know if it's always right, but we keep making it, you know, surviving. Yeah, what do you think, Ryan? I mean, my my thought on, I mean, I honestly, I was raised very similarly in that way. Yeah. You know, like having pastors as parents. You know, I was. Oh yeah. Uh, a lot of it was, you know, like, hey, like, here's why we don't do this. You know, like, we don't do it because mm-hmm. the Bible says this. Um, and so those those values of like, hey, we are to live by the standards of the Bible, not by the standards of what your friends can do or what the world says is okay. Like this, this is our rule stick, you know, like this, this is our measuring tape. Um, and your life is to align with it, not with what the world says. Um, and so that was instilled in me from a really young age. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I I think there's a lot of value in that and, and, you know, having your children understand, that there are two two rule sticks, and if you're not able to do this, um, it's probably because we're going off of this rule stick, mm-hmm. not this one. Um, and so that was instilled in me from a young age, and I, I think it's valuable. I mean, that's yeah. how I plan to to raise my kids or discipline my kids is is giving them the value behind why this is important and yeah. why we believe it. And that's uh, I, that's just so different from how I was raised. Um, and that's something I'm going to have to learn how to do is how do I be that spiritual leader as a father? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I hold them to a standard to 
like for a quiz or like to understand it. No, right. But, but I think like they're so their brains are just so easily mani- like from what they watch on TV yeah, on YouTube. Sure. And if I keep dropping iPad hints, and, yeah, yeah, all that. If we know. keep dropping hints, and then he's like, "Man, this is important. This is important to my mm-hmm. parents. I should probably pay attention to this." Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that it pays off. Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I just never. I mean, I grew up you know, in the church and youth group and stuff, but there was never like household. I didn't see my dad in the word. I didn't see my mom in the word. And um, yeah, it's just so different. And again, like I don't want to put any shame towards them or, you know, that that's just how I was brought up. And obviously with mom having cancer for eight years, you know, our family at home dynamic was way different than the norm anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so seeing that now, I mean, and now dad and I, we've been reading the Bible together lately. It's been like so neat just every morning waking up and we, we've been reading James, um, picking a chapter every week. And like each day we'll just pick out a, a verse that stood out to us and, you know, type a little bit out. And so now like I'm seeing that all kind of come full circle where it's like, this is, awesome like he came to the spring hill thing and loved the message and it's just it's cool to see god work in that aspect that like as parents even if you have shortcomings um like don't everything is too late to yeah lean into your kids yeah even if even if this is like a reset for you and you're just now starting to understand like a relationship with christ know that like god's grace is enough to where you can start you know I guess putting some of these practical principles into your, you know, at home life and mm-hmm. God will honor that. And, and it will turn out for the better for your family ultimately. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I guess kind of getting back to, to where we were talking, um, you know, practicing what we preach is kind of something huge for us. Um, you know, why is this important? I mean, we kind of have been dancing all over it, but ultimately your kids are going to emulate and mimic the way that you live your life, mm-hmm. um, which is huge. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, if if you raise your kids a certain way and you wonder why have they gone off, why have they done this? Well, that, you know, while sure it might not be your fault, there could be something there that, you know, you're missing out on um, well, the father kind of love. The father plays, you know, a major role in the direction that his family goes. You know, his kids, his spouse. Um, Jack, you had shared a statistic a couple weeks ago, um, which I think I'd heard before at some point in time. But you know, the percentage of children that give their life to Christ based on whether the father's in the church or whether mm. the mother's in the church. Yeah, it was uh, 93% of families are more likely to follow Christ when the husband surrenders his life first. Mm-hmm. And then it dropped down like 20% of the families will follow if the wife follows. And then it's like 2 or 3% or something if it's the kids. Yeah. So it was like a, a huge significant drop off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. your your family is four times almost four times more likely or more to surrender their life to Christ if the father has done it first, which goes to show you the importance of how much your family reflects off of you. Yeah. Um, So as men, I mean, you're, 
the reality is you're held to a higher standard, you know, um, when, when Adam and Eve ate the fruit in the garden, you know, Adam got, God called out and said, Adam, where are you? Mm-hmm. You know, he, he didn't, he didn't look, go looking for the woman. Yeah. He went looking for the man, you know, even though he didn't make the first strike or take the first bite, right. whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as men, that's just the standard that we're held to. Yeah. So. It's really hard being a hypocrite. It's easy for a while, you know, mm-hmm. but then it gets real hard. Once. And that's where my conviction lies. Like when you were, you were talking about like your parents and like, I, I struggle on Sundays to like, and my wife is completely opposite. Like she's been pushing us to get a church every Sunday, but it's, to get my daughter dressed, get the son dressed, the daughter dressed. The daughter doesn't want to go to children's church, so we have to keep her with us the whole time. We can't pay attention because she's just wants and to play and all this like negative thinking that I get from the devil to just be like, just don't go, right? Just, mm-hmm. just don't go. It's easier yeah. to just stay home. You don't have to. You don't stay home. Yeah, yeah, you don't have to get the kids dressed. They'll. They won't be freaking out. They won't be yeah. ripping their clothes off in the car. Or they they're won't, too young to hear the sermon anyway. Or, it won't affect yeah. them in any way. Yeah. But after hearing this conversation tonight, that's completely wrong. Yeah. Practice what I preach, you know, and it's like my kids are, it's just like the quote Ryan might've used on the last episode, but it's like, you know, I don't feel like it's necessary. So why should my kids feel like it's necessary? Mm-hmm. You know, and if my, 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 probably my grandparents and my wife's grandparents would turn over in their grave if they found out we weren't going every Sunday. So I don't know. That's just kind of what kind of hit me. And, you know, full disclaimer, we're on this podcast, not perfect, but that's just one of the convictions I kind of struggle with. And it's just trying to get them dressed and get there and then want to be engaged and you can't be engaged because, you know, you might have to get up in the middle of service if she's not happy and you might have to go get her out of children's church because she's screaming and um, my son's done well, but um, they see that, yeah. you know, and, and I know where we're talking about, you know, whether if you display pride, they're going to see that. If you display anger, they're going to see that. If you display it the other way with the love and the grace and the mercy, but there's other things too that they're going to see as not necessary if you're not doing it, you just don't think it's important mm-hmm. right now. And I just can't stress how much you have to be aware that no matter, like, I think about three or four when your kids are, are grown enough to speak and talk and they they have conversations with you, they notice what everything that you're doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, when you curse that guy and he's sitting in, uh, he or she is sitting back in there in their car seat, they hear what you're saying mm-hmm. and they're going to repeat that just being cognizant of not only your words, but your actions and what you prioritize, um, what you, what you feel is most important and making sure that they, they see that. Um, but that's just kind of a conviction I had with, with this kind of practice, what you preach, you know? Yeah. So, and really just being like aware is something that I find myself, where I find myself falling short is just like, I'll just be going with the flow, you know, trying to do what, what satisfies me. Mm-hmm. And that's always when I slip up. That's yep. always when I say a sarcastic comment mm-hmm. or even, you know, a, as a child, a child still, you know, to my father, I'll just be not caring and give him a cold shoulder or an attitude. And it's like, no, like I, I need to actually be present and like, 
pursue this relationship both ways, you know, just as, as your marriage does goes for your kids. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, to kids listening who are in the same shoes as me, you know, be intentional with your parents. It's not all on your parents, you know, you're, they didn't ruin your childhood for you. Um, you know, you have to take the word of God, read it for yourself and then apply it to your life. You know, follow Christ, (laughs) go back to the rules that we've been, or I don't want to say rules, but the disciplines we've been talking about, follow Christ and make disciples among many nations. And this all will start making sense, but we go South when we become unaware and Mm -hmm. we just want to feed our flesh. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm just as guilty as anybody, but it's the second that I take my mind off of um, doing what glorifies God that I, I fall short and I, you know, lash out on Olivia or on a customer or whatever, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's something to that as parents being very aware, mm-hmm. like you said, Kyle, like my kids are always listening. You know, they're, they're catching on to what I'm doing, how I'm acting and how you're perceiving, you know, what comes into your life. You know, the conversation with Kaylee or somebody cuts you off, they're seeing your reaction in it. Yeah. They're seeing the anger come up. So, yeah, yeah, I think, and their little tape recorders. Yeah, though they will repeat. Yeah, um, what you say, whether it's good or bad. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so just be. Um, that, if there's one word that you bold, if you're taking notes tonight, it's aware um, of your actions and your words. Yeah. Well, I know we're kind of getting close on time. I did want to touch on um, work-life balance. Um, this is something Kyle, I know you and I've talked about on and off for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any specific words on how to speak to that? Is there, and I hate using the word balance. Um, I feel like some people are on the, you know, everything takes balance and you'll just find that one day. And then other people are like, no, hundred percent, you know, give everything every day. You're all, I don't, I fall kind of in between. Like, I think it does take some disciplines to schedule your day out, but like, how do you put family first when your time, you know, two thirds of the day is consumed with work? Yeah. I, um, I put the, I prioritized financial gain over time with my family. Um, and one of the, one of the things that my wife communicated to me was, was being more present not only present with her, but present to kind of help out with the kids. Um, she didn't make them by herself, so she doesn't need to raise them by herself. She works too. So um, I've, I've taken a, another position where I'm home, you know, a little bit earlier. Um, I'm making it a point to um, when my son asked me to play Lightning McQueen, you know, cars yeah. with him that I get down on the floor all six foot of me just <laughs> sitting Indian style yeah. to, to play with him. Um, and there is never enough time in the day right. ever um, to get everything you need done. But there is, there's going to be times where you find that little window and it doesn't have to be every night. And I don't, my daughter's not old enough, but I don't think my son, he, he doesn't expect it every night, but there's, Take the time and you're going to find those little, those little nuggets and those windows to where you can just sit down with him or her 20 minutes, maybe not even that, maybe longer to, to play with them, spend some time with them. Um, and if you, and I get it, I've, I've worked 12 hour shifts and, but there you get days off 
So on your days off, you you know, if you're too tired, you need to drink an energy drink and you need to spend time with them because the, we, we, I think we have already hit on this, but the, 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 the less time that you spend with them, the less your kids will seek you, mm. um, for, for love. And, you know, I've seen it kind of happen as kids get older, um, you know, watching some of, some of my older friends that have kids and maybe my buddy is consumed by work or maybe always in the garage tinkering around to where when the kids start acting out, they don't really come to their dad right. for advice. Um, they don't come to him. They, they may go to their mom. Um, so it's just kind of being present and prioritizing the time with them, mm-hmm. you know. I heard something that talked about, you know, you can spend an hour with your kids, but if you're not present in that hour, it doesn't amount to anything mm-hmm. versus, mm-hmm. you know, spending an hour and giving, you know, no, no attention versus 10 minutes full attention. That's right. And that can make the all the difference in the world is like, yeah. man, like some people, their dads just aren't home much. They, you know, they have demanding jobs. Like Olivia's dad's a pilot, so he's always gone. Yeah. But like the the time that he is home like or or that any of you parents you know when you are home if you're giving full attention to your kids and they know that like okay dad's you know his priority you know may seem like it's work but like when he comes home he makes sure that you know I'm his world like i think that's super important for kids to just feel growing up yeah. i know for me it was I saw my dad, you know, taking care of my mom, also working late at night, but like every football game or baseball game, he was there cheering me on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, he made it a point that like he wasn't going to miss work. Mom wasn't going to miss what she had to do, you know, to be at my games and that love is crucial. Yeah. Um because that's that's how God you know his relationship to us is. I yeah. mean, yeah. He, he's always there. He he never misses a game and he's never, you know, away out of the office. You know, he's, he's always there ready for us to come to him. It's like when we, when we went through that boot camp, um, I heard, you know, one of the guys talking about, um, how like he, he does speaking, you know, different speaks at different events and stuff. And he had an opportunity to speak somewhere. that was like a really big event and they were like, name your price. Mm-hmm. And there was a chance that that same weekend his son may be playing in the state championship. Um, But it wasn't for sure. It was just a chance if they made it. Um, And he was like, man, this is, you know, like this is the the break. This is the opportunity I've been looking for. And he felt God speak to him and say like how how much. It it was his daughter's dance thing, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was a couple of things that could have come up around that same weekend. And, you know, for him, like he was thinking about himself, he was thinking about like how great this opportunity was. And, you know, it was either God or or a friend or someone that was speaking to him that said, you know, like, how much is your fatherhood for sale for? Mm -hmm. You know, like they said, name your price. How how much would they have to pay you for you to neglect being a father? Yeah. How much is it up for sale for? And that hit me like a ton of bricks. Mm -hmm. Like. How much have I put my family up for sale for? Yeah. Wait till your kids get old enough to call you out on it. Mm. Like my son has called me and my wife out. Like, will you please, like the other night he was like, will you please put down your phone and play with me? Mm. And I was like, 
did you just punch me in the face? Yeah. <laughs> you know, did you just punch me in the chest. Yeah. Um, I've got, I can say one thing that I try to like when, as soon as I step in that, the threshold of my home, I cut off work and immediately go into family mode. Mm-hmm. Um, if you got, if you got to silence your phone, don't look at your emails, you know, put your phone on the charger and don't touch it, you know, put your full attention on them because you're at work, what, nine, 10, eight, nine, 10 hours a day. But you know, before your kids go to bed could be three hours, yeah. two hours. Yeah. So, so give them that time that they deserve because you would rather handle it before your five-year-old said some, says something to you about it. Yeah. So, well, we uh, need to wrap things up. We're not doing a good job of keeping these shorter, but <laughs> um, definitely need to do another series on uh, maybe husbands and wives and parenting. Because it's been good, and I, I think we're just scratching the surface, really. Yeah. Um, I do want to mention something Pastor J.D. Greer of the Summit Church mentioned um, in a recent sermon, and he said that he and his wife were more like a mechanic shop um, rather than farmers, and he said that they were trying to fix every situation in regards to their kids and why they were you know, rebelling or not listening or whatever. And um, so they were trying to fix every situation rather than being patient and waiting on God to water the seeds they planted. And I think that's such encouragement for, for parents who have the wayward son or, yep. you know, the kids who are, are rebelling because, um, you know, they, I think those parents try to take and carry a lot of that weight, a lot of the burden um, on themselves. And ultimately, you know, you can do all you can do um, for your children um, you can be the perfect example of Christ to them, you know, even though that's impossible. Um, you can do everything in your power to try to keep them from wandering um, from the truth, but um, you can't fix that, you know, if that happens. Um, so you just have to be patient and wait on God, um, you know, pr- through prayer and fasting. I mean, that that just helps your decision-making. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I, I found that really uh, helpful. Yeah, that to, was good to think through. Um, and so, you know, as as you continue to plant seeds in your kids growing up, for you two guys, you know, I would just encourage you to be patient and put your faith in God, um, knowing that He'll He'll water the seed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's not going to be all up to you. Um, so. Yeah, with that, um, you guys have any final comments or, or anything? No? I think that's it. All right. I mean, with that last point, I just want to add, there's going to come a time, and I know this, where my input will be disregarded by my kids, just like I did to my parents. Yeah. Um, but just I'm, a, I'm living proof that if, if you, you when we talked at the beginning of this podcast, train them up to know God and love God, Mm -hmm. it may not happen on the timeline that you want it to happen, but it will happen. Um, I think we can all speak to that. Yeah. It took me to my late twenties to realize that. So, and I've seen marriages destroyed because they tried to be mechanics and not farmers. So, um, train them while they're young, keep, keep that constant, um, constant kind of flow of, God is love, God is love, you know, what's right, what's wrong on the biblical standard, not the worldly standard. 
and you know pray yeah so I'm looking at the man on the cross that's right Jesus says today you will be with me in paradise mm-hmm. I mean that's ultimate hope for any of us yeah it's and I know parents can write off their kids and kick them out of the house and just completely write them off but yeah when the product when the prodigal son returns home though yeah you know, you have to act accordingly, yeah. um, just like my parents did when yeah. I was ready. After all that, you know, came yeah. back to open arms. So, yeah. love and grace mm-hmm. for sure. Yep. Well, that ends our time here. Um, thank you guys for listening. Um, we'll be back in a couple weeks. We're going to try and figure some things out. Take a little, maybe a little break here. Um, I'm getting married, closing on a house, honeymooning. Um, may have the guys jump on here and take the reins on the next couple episodes. Maybe we'll push it back. Um, but we just want to say thank, thanks to all of you guys who have been listening, who have sent us emails, um, commented, or sent DMs. Uh, we're glad you guys are enjoying the podcast. Our goal is going to be to keep putting these things out every uh, every couple weeks and yeah, just finding practical ways to continue our relationship with Christ. Um, specifically this series, just talking about our purpose to follow Christ and then to go and make disciples. So, um, yeah, we're going to keep, keep on keeping on. Um, we love you guys. We thank you. And Kyle, Ryan, thank you all for joining me in this. Thank you. We will see you all on the next one. Next time we see you, you'll be... I'll be married. I'm married. You'll be yep. married. I'll know everything there is to know about husbands. You won't so even need us. I won't you need won't even, you'll yeah. just be a podcast yep. of one. And I might even have a kid by then, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Just Skip kidding. the nine months. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, we'll see you next time. Later. Bye. Later.